are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Bill Bice. He's the CEO at NQ ZebraWorks, which is tackling the challenges created by work from anywhere in legal organizations. He started his first software company at 18 and has since been on the founding team or a seed investor in over 27 startups. Bill, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right, very cool. So jump into this, nqzw.com. So are you selling directly to legal firms? We are. Okay. And uh, I assume, did, what, did you build this for yourself? Well, uh, no, it's it's coming back to my roots. That, that first company you mentioned that I started when I was 18 was was in the legal tech vertical. And I've kind of circled back around and come back into, into that market. And it's uh, it's actually a pretty exciting time to be in uh, to be in this niche. So we're having we're having a lot of fun going after it. So what are some of the issues that legal firms have when there is no central office and everyone's remote? Yeah, it's sort of the issue that, that everybody's tackling, but but law firms and, and legal organizations, uh, you know, government agencies, corporate uh, law departments, you know, it's it's a pretty conservative bunch. And the pandemic has been this outside force that has suddenly caused change to occur. And so, and I really don't look at it as a, as a change agent. It's more like an accelerator, right? It took things that were already happening. And now instead of taking a year, it's all, you know, 10 years, it's all been compressed into one year. So all these issues of, of flexibility and hybrid work have sort of been forced on law firms where they, they really didn't have to deal with, deal with them before. And it's, it's an environment where security is really important and being able to extend your infrastructure and, and support work from anywhere is, 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 is tough for them to do. So that's, that's what we've been going after. Interesting. And when did you launch the business officially? Well, so this this came out of a merger. So the NQ portion was launched in 2003. Uh, I started ZebraWorks in 2019 and to, to get back into the legal market. And so we, we merged the two together last year. And what, help me understand what firms are paying on average per month to use your technology? Well, it's, it's pretty cost effective. So it's in the, you know, $10 per month per user kind of range. And these, these are typically pretty large firms with, with large, you know, large user bases. Mm-hmm. So, so instead of looking at it on a seat basis, though, what's sort of the average firm? Like, so you basically get the average number of seats they're paying to start with. Are we talking like a thousand bucks a month or like 10 grand a month? Well, uh, all of the above. So we work with the largest firms in the, in the world down to, down to mid-sized firms. So it could be uh, 50 users at, you know, a firm, you know, firm down the street from you, or it could be a firm that has, you know, several thousand users. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to do, but if I did sort of force you into an average, what would you say your sweet spot is? What's the middle? Uh, the, the middle is probably um, you know hundred to two hundred thousand uh, dollar annual recurring revenue projects. Okay, okay, fair enough. Hundred fifty thousand bucks a year, and that's you know if a lo- if a legal firm is paying you hundred fifty grand a year, how many seats are they probably using? Uh, that's in the several you know several hundred seats. Okay, several hundred. So how many law firms have several hundred folks that they could pay per seats? Like, what's what do you think the total total amount of legal firms you can sell to is? Well, it, it is a niche market. So we talk a lot about the AMLA 1000 in the in the U.S., which are sort of those firms that uh, that get you down to to 
about 200 attorneys roughly, and most firms have about twice the staff of the number of attorneys that you see. Okay, interesting. So you launched this in 2019. You're obviously scaling nicely. Have you done this all bootstrapped or did you raise capital? Uh, no, so part of part of the merger was uh, was a capital uh, infusion that uh, let us let us go out and and uh, grow like we want to. I don't know that I understand the whole merger thing, right? So when did the merger happen, and why did you do the merger? Well, so we we did that in 2020. So we were out looking to raise the Series A for for ZebraWorks. So we built our very first product, and it was time to to go to market. And the route we ended up taking was was merging with a well established legal tech company in Q. And as part of that, uh, funding was was part of the deal. So it was kind of a it was kind of a twofer. Let's let's put more mass behind it and and bring the funding to the table at the at the same time. I want to try and simplify this, but we don't have tons of time, right? So you're saying NQ at the time was doing more revenue than Zebra, correct? Absolutely. Yes. You're now leading though as CEO as the resulting organization, right? Correct. And so, I mean, from like a cap table perspective, do they just own like 80% and you only own 20 or like, how did you work for some of those economics? Well, it was, it was a little bit of a, of a reverse merger in the sense that part of the attractiveness in doing it was the management team that we had, had created with ZebraWorks. So what we did when we put ZebraWorks together is we brought the original team of that that first company I started when I was 18 was called ProLaw Software. And the genesis of ZebraWorks was to bring that management team back together. Ah. Which, you know, we spent a ton of time in the legal market. We know, you know, we know this area inside and out. So it was that expertise that we were really bringing to, to the table. And we built a cloud platform. We tie that to the existing on-premise technology that we have from NQ. And you know, it's kind of a joke in, in the legal market that the way you be successful in this market is do things today that everybody else was doing 10 years ago. So right now we're moving to the cloud. And so that's that's sort of the, the logic of the combination. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. But what, what, I mean, I know you can't share a lot of this, but like the cap table today, is it basically like anyone that invested in NQ sort of sits as one sort of SPV on your cap table and then you have a portion and then you have an employee option pool for the rest of your people at Zebra? Yeah, it's even simpler than that because, because NQ had been uh, bought by a, a company called Recon that is a, a publicly held company in Australia. So you have sort of one piece that comes from the Recon side and then the other piece from, from ZebraWorks. That publicly traded company owns a bit of your equity. Exactly. I see. I see. Very interesting. Okay. And how much, what was the cash injection component of the merger? How much? So the, the original goal when we were going out to do the Series A was, was to do a $5 million uh, raise. And although we didn't announce it, we've, we inherent in the deal was, was exceeding what we were looking for in, in funding. That's great. What were you targeting valuation-wise when you were going out for the $5 million? Uh, so we were early stage. So that was one of the attractive elements of this is that it was really good for everybody that was involved. So our goal when when we were just raising the Series A was was to get something in the eight to ten million dollar uh, pre. Yep. Okay. Eight to ten pre, which would put you at what like twelve to you know fifteen posts, something like that, selling thirty percent of the business. Exactly. Yep. And what you're saying is through this new deal, you basically were able to get actually more than that plus a great new partner, and plus a customer base that you can move from on-prem to cloud at Zebra, increase ARPU, upsell the cloud cloud instance. Yeah, and we instantly went from, from six people to 60 overnight. 
with a really experienced team that, you know, lives in this market. And so our ability to scale, you know, just put us in a different league, you know, day, day one. Fascinating. Okay. Now how many customers today total? Uh, we've got uh, about 500. Wow. 500 law firms. And then out of all the seats, how, how many attorneys across those 500 firms? That's a great question. I haven't actually added it up. Uh, oh, I thought you would be like tracking that number every day. That's the exciting number. Well, it is. And, and I know it better for the newer things. So, so we're also doing the transition from the traditional enterprise sale to a subscription model. So, you know, that, of course, that, that's a difficult thing for any software company to go through, but it, you know, dramatically increases the value of the company to, uh, to do that. So it, I, I, I don't have the same standard SaaS, SaaS metrics because we're, we're right in the middle of, of uh, making that transition. Yeah. What is the split? So how many customers are on-prem customers only and how many are Zebra cloud customers only? Well, so the cloud products are, are brand new. So, you know, that's, that's, not a, that's not a ton of firms that we have sold only new. But frankly, really what firms want is that sort of bridge to the cloud. You know, the small firms have, have migrated and, and you can find small firms that are 100% cloud. But the rest of the market is, is this sort of hybrid model between on-prem and, and, and cloud. Did you guys know that you're owed over $50,000 in tax credits from the government? Now look, you and I are both busy, so my guess is you haven't taken the time to read all the legislation and the code to understand how to get your hands on cash that you're owed. But it seems sort of silly to let it sit there, right? Well guys, here's the deal. You can get it back in under two minutes. That's why Main Street has grown so fast. When companies use Main Street to quickly see how much they're owed from the government, over 90% of folks who apply see a big, beautiful number at the end, and then Main Street helps wire that money to you directly tax-free. They do all the heavy lifting on the back end. Now, where does this money come from? Well, the US government annually sets aside $100 billion for startups. I know it doesn't sound real or legit, but I can tell you it absolutely is. In fact, when I went through Main Street and I connected my own payment processing tool, it quickly spit out at the end of the form that I was owed about $71,000 in tax credits. Literally almost free money. I can click a button, Main Street processes all the paperwork and then gets me that cash quick. To see how much you're owed, it costs you absolutely nothing. I encourage you guys to see what you can get your hands on by going to nathanlatka.com forward slash Main Street today. Again, that's nathanlatka.com forward slash Main Street. If I asked you, like, what is your monthly recurring revenue today? Would you include all like the SLA, SLA and maintenance agreements that came with the NQ, the, 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 the deal there? I imagine that was their recurring revenue stream was maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and are they still pretty sticky? I mean, or no, you, I mean, they're, they're churning like crazy and all are moving to the cloud. No, one of the great, one of the things that's really nice about legal is if, if you do a good job of taking care of your customers, you can have an extremely low churn rate in this market. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, it's a very interesting vertical because companies coming from outside who don't understand legal often struggle for years to really get the value proposition here. But if you understand it and you're really good at it, then you can keep your clients, you know, essentially forever. What is your churn today? Uh, it, it, it is um, on, a, on an annual basis, uh, less than 3%. On a revenue or a logo basis annually? Uh, logo. 
logo base. Okay. I mean, that's incredible. Now what's the expansion revenue look like? I imagine you're way above hundred percent net dollar retention. We, we are. And, and I, I specifically look at logo retention because it, it is very deceiving to, to, to look at the revenue numbers uh, and that ability to hold on to firms and then, and then have that client base to, to upsell in is, is you know, crucial to the whole strategy. Mm -hmm. so, so do you know what your expansion is on the historical base past 12 months? I don't. But you know you're above 100% in the dollar retention? Yes. Okay, so at least 3% expansion then to make up the 3% churn. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fair. Okay, interesting. All right, very cool. You mentioned 60 people today. How many of those are engineers? Uh, we've got 24 people in uh, engineering. And do, I imagine you probably have quota carrying sales reps at this ACV. We do. Uh, how many? Our uh, sales team is uh, 12. Bill, you've done this a ton. A lot of first-time founders struggle with how to set comp structures for their first account executive, right? H how do you structure that? What's the quota target? Well, it is it, tough, particularly when when you're not totally sure you've got product market fit. You know, we have a huge advantage here, and that, that we know this market really well. We're working with uh, with the sales sales team and a sales leader. That uh, so our our CRO was uh, was the sales leader at ProLaw, that first company. So it, it's such a huge advantage to come in with that knowledge of, of what it takes. But I always build from the ground up and say, okay, well, how many, it, it's so, it's so tempting to take the numbers and go into reverse. We need this revenue. We have this many salespeople and we're going to divide up the quota, but that's really meaningless, right? I much prefer the ground up route of saying, okay, here's the activity that I know a sales rep can do. Here's what that's going to translate into a realistic number of deals per month. Here's what that turns into revenue. And that's what creates a, a quota. And so what is that today? So the, the quota for a sales rep is, is and this, this is, this is based on multi-year uh, deals. So it's, it's three to five year deals. And depending on the on the region, it's it's six hundred to to one point two. Interesting. And let's say that you hired me six months ago, and I'm on track to hit my one point two million dollar quota. What will I earn full on target earnings, base plus commission? So, in this is a, uh, you, you're probably not going to do that well if you're coming in from outside the market, right? This is a place where having the experience and the connections is is really valuable. And so a good salesperson in this market is gonna is gonna make you know 120 on the low end and and uh 180 to 200 sort of the norm and a top performer can can hit uh 250 300 base plus commission yes yeah interesting okay very interesting okay cool let's talk about growth right so so when you look at obviously just like your revenue numbers past 12 months you know the merger happens all that what did would you grow by the past 12 months uh, so we we will be at twelve months uh, next month. So okay. uh, we're we're at we're at eleven months as we speak uh, today. Eleven months and a handful of days. Uh, and so with with the conversion from maintenance, we're we're running at a at a about a eighteen percent uh, growth rate, which we expect to accelerate coming into the year as we have more cloud products that that we're taking to market. And so what does that mean? I mean, do you think by December this year, you can break, you know, a $2 million run rate? Uh, we, we're going to uh, next year. It's, okay, it's all about, you know, it's all about getting to the, to the SaaS business model. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you feel confident about passing a million dollars in terms of revenue this year? Uh, yes. And the, um, the, the beautiful thing about this market is if you're, if you're really good at it, it is, it is a very strong referral market. So that's, that's one of the reasons I really like this market because there's such a great payoff to actually focusing on your clients and taking care of them. Like the, 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 the core principles of the business really pay off. Yeah. Help me understand real quick. I'm missing something here. So you mentioned earlier 500 customers and you mentioned average ACVs between 100 and 200,000. Now, obviously you and I can both do math. That would put you at like a 50 or $60 million run rate, but you're at more like a million to two today. Do all those 500 not pay those bigger contract values yet? Is that, is that what happened there? Well, so you, you, it'd be, it'd be great if the entire history of the company were on the, the SaaS business model, right? Because that's, that's how it would translate. So so you're that, making way more revenue than a million or two million. That's just the SaaS portion. Well, it, it's the it, multiple factors. It's the history of the enterprise sales. So, so you're only getting the maintenance revenue from from those customers. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the reason why everybody who ever built a SaaS company or a, a you know a software company twenty years ago wished they had built it as SaaS because of course the revenue and valuation today would just be uh, completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask this differently. What, what do you, what revenue do you think you have to hit to go out and raise a competitive series B? Uh, so th- this may sound a little, uh, a little nuts given the economics of how SaaS businesses work, but we, we believe we can, we can, we have a long runway without having to go to a series B. Mm-hmm. Are you profitable today? We are. So how did you reinvest the 5 million cash injection you got? Is that all still sitting in the bank? Well, we're 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 still investing. That that's the that's the beauty of having such a strong foundation. It's why this made so much sense for us, because we take a a, a great profitable business, add the SaaS extensions to that. So the investment's really building out the 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 platform. Well, I guess that's my point is if you're taking in 5 million of capital, that wasn't revenue, right? It was an investment. You're spending it. You're going to be burning capital for a while while you invest, but you just told me you're profitable. Yeah, because we, because we start with a, a very nice profitable base that gives us a, a, found, a foundation to, to run off of. So we, we have quite a bit of investment scheduled for next year as as we build out the engineering team, build out the sales team. I see. I, see. I think it's one of the core mistakes that, that so many founders make, which is you raise money and then you do everything at once at the same time. And, yeah. and you think about building an engineering team, like one, it's really difficult to recruit great people today. But, but two, the, the, the mythical man month issue has never been solved, right? We're, we're not going to get twice as much product built because we go from 24 and you know a team of 24 to 50 that's just not going to happen so what we're doing is building all of the core platform with a really experienced uh, senior team and then once we have that then we can more effectively put money to work you might be burning next year at some point as you reinvest in growth once you're ready for it exactly we I, will. See. I see all right bill good stuff let's wrap up with the famous five number one favorite book uh, my, uh, um, I, I was literally just looking at the mythical man month because of this issue. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that as the all time because the mythical man month. Yes. Okay. Number two, is there a founder you're following or studying? 
Uh, to pick to pick one, um, I don't know. Let's go to the next question. Let me try to come up with uh, something that seems semi clever. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Zebra besides your own? Well, it's, I mean, it's got to be LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, from a, I, I know that that's not at all unique or, or special, but the, but the fact that's that the, you, that's the lawyer answer. That's what I would expect from a lawyer, you know. Well, the the but this is what's so great about going after niches. It's like you can get to exactly who you need right now in an amazingly efficient way. Yep. No, I totally agree. You have if you can define them, you're good to go. Um, number four: How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight and a half every night. That's great. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, married, four kids. Wow. How old are you? I'm sorry. How old are you? Fifty-two. 52. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Wouldn't we all love to go back and, and apply everything we know now to doing it then? I mean, my biggest mistake when I was 20 was thinking that I knew it all and not, not being willing to accept help. Yep. Guys, good stuff. NQZW, again, software for legal firms to manage now their now newly remote teams. Did a merger last year, which came with a cash injection. This was a publicly traded company with essentially a spin out. Bill is now leading it with his great management team that has deep expertise in legal. Uh, they're caught sort of between and flirting with a million dollar run rate, hoping to grow up to two million next year as they transition on-prem legal customers to cloud customers. 500 customers today, they are profitable being patient before reinvesting that 5 million that came with that merger. Bill, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.